Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernell Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Friday Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, this morning we're joined by Ivy Riggs, member of our legislative and political organizing team. Thank you for coming to chat with us, Ivy. Well, thanks for having me. Um, So let's uh, talk quickly first about the State Board of Education meeting. Um, The State Board met yesterday, Thursday. Um, What did they what did they decide? What did they vote on? The superintendent and her staff uh, brought through a very well thought out uh, leveled plan based on where outbreaks were happening by county. It included uh, when you should mandate masks, when you should close school down, switch over to distance learning, and when extracurricular activities uh, would be shut down. And it and it and it gave exceptions for all of those if mm-hmm. if students had special needs, if you know if if masks weren't an option, things mm-hmm. like that. And the board, after much much discussion, voted against that four to three. Uh, they uh, made a what they said was a very small change in the recommendation, but they changed any word requirement to recommendation. So that is not a small change. <laughs> that yeah, right, it changes the intent. Correct, and and they cited local control. Um, in in the the four board members that voted for it uh, kept saying, um, you know, this wasn't a problem everywhere. Uh, districts should be able to go back face to face as as they wanted to. Um, superintendent was on the side of obviously her recommendations. Her mm-hmm. staff worked very hard to make it data based, actual listening to health professionals, mm-hmm. and and also the concerns of of teachers and parents out there. Um, you know, you you watch these meetings now on Facebook Live, and the and the comments were um, fascinating. Yeah, uh, lots of folks saying, "Let me go to school." Mm-hmm. So, so I don't want to. I don't want to take away from that. There are right. people who say, "Let's go and do this." But, di- but the plan allowed for that, correct? Correct. correct. Because there are districts. I mean, there are many districts where they have no cases in town. Correct. You know, and so for them, over you know, those precautions might be really not what they need right now. Right. Right, and even what we're propose uh, proposing is to come back safely, which means we have to have all the PPE and health supplies in place yeah so that we can come back safely correct the the local control ish uh argument is fascinating to me and alicia i know that you have some feelings i i I did have some strong feelings about that during the uh tell us yes well the the reality is the state board of education makes uh mandates all the time for what local schools have to do right from what teacher leader evaluation system we use to uh, that A through F report card, which is yeah. heinous, and state testing mandates. Yeah. So, so it is their job to put level statewide uh, protocols in place mm-hmm. every time that they meet. Right. So the fact that they chose this issue to um, hide behind local control is um, infuriating and disheartening. So one of the the things that we're hearing a lot of members come back with is is some folks are really feeling panic that that these that there aren't any statewide requirements and now districts are left to figure out their own um, or they might have district leaders who are not interested in following any kind of recommendations. Um, so there's a meeting tomorrow 
for members. Can you preview that for us, Alicia? Yes. So we need members to register. Um, you can go to okea.org. I'm sure we've got a, do we have it up on the webpage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And register for the Come Back Safely Town Hall. Um, it is going to be Saturday morning. That's this Saturday. Today's the 24th. So it's tomorrow the 25th. Uh, someday, sometimes we don't even yes. know what day it is. Um, I so. typed, I typed June lie <laughs> June yesterday. <laughs> That's what it feels it's like. It's never been a more accurate typo. Yeah. So July 25th at 10 a.m. You have to register by seven, seven o'clock tonight, mm-hmm. uh, because we have to do membership checks. It is for members only. And we're going to talk about what come back safely means, what happened at the board meeting, uh, the state school board meeting in depth. And um, and talk about how the the avenues that OEA is offering and presenting and working with locals on uh, to help come back safely wherever they are. Because that it looks different for everybody. It does. It's, so it's about. I mean, I just like to point out too that it's about like identifying and acting upon what makes sense in your community. Not necessarily saying everybody needs to do these twenty five things. Um, you know, let's. I also want to talk about um just some things that we're hearing some some myths that are out there about back to school because this has become such a um a divisive political issue because that's what happens in education even though education is nonpartisan um it's weird because we look at it from a health and safety issue yes period and um and i be in addition to your um role with legislative and political organizing you also are an organizer on the field with a lot of our locals so you're talking to folks right now so i want to hear both of you guys what you're hearing um one of the things that we're that we hear is well teachers just don't want to go back to work teachers don't feel like working so not sure a thing. you know it was just timely that i happened to have a a zoom meeting set up almost as soon as the board meeting was over yesterday and I met with some leaders down in the Ada area. They weren't from Ada, but one of the one of the locals down there. And there were three members of that team, uh, two pretty young that are in their first five years of teaching, mm-hmm. and and one that's hitting twenty three years of teaching. So a decent cross section. Yeah. Um, but you know, one is young and healthy, and that's what we keep saying. People, teachers are young and healthy. It's yeah. fine. They can yeah. go back. No, no big deal. But she happens to live with her ninety year old grandfather. Yeah. And she's terrified. And she's right yeah. now trying to decide, is she going to move out and leave her 90-year-old grandfather alone, oh try gosh. to find a home to put him in? Nobody wants to no do one, that. And some people aren't even taking right. new folks right, right now. Because, or or yeah. is another family member going to, are we going to have to uproot him right. and, and change his life? So uh, another one is uh, is fostering a child who's got multiple health issues. Recently had to spend time in the in the PICU, had to be metaflighted for a for a surgery and has several surgeries coming up. And so they're terrified. And that's a two educator household at yeah. two different districts yeah. in that area. And then the third one just, uh, just, uh, you know, has had some health issues a little, little older and, uh, just had surgery and is worried that her immune system isn't quite up to snuff. And she, and, and she's got children of her own at home too, that she's concerned with. So, you know, that's anecdotal and that's not everyone. Sure. But, that's it's, powerful. It's you a know, good cross reference. There mm-hmm. was there was a story I heard um, a week or two ago about an educator who's pregnant, and the their family insurance comes from her job, and she's scared to go back, but she can't not go back because she'll lose her health insurance while she's pregnant. I mean, 
these are like, these are real life decisions people are having to make and they're not easy. And I know that there are people who, you know, thankfully are blessed to all be healthy and their family might not have those concerns, but those are real things that people are struggling with right now. Those like impossible decisions. Yeah. Um, we, another thing I, you kind of brought it up is the perception, oh, well, teachers are young and healthy, so it's fine. Um, but the reality is we're connected to our community just like everyone else. Right. And, and they're, they're not just teaching kids. They're, they're a member of that community and they've got parents and grandparents and, and children of their own and folks they're taking care of and, and that they come into contact with and, and that they, you know, people depend on them. It's mm-hmm. not like they can just take a break from those duties. Right. You know, you can stay home and do church online and not interact with some of your, your, your fellow community members, but you can't not take care of your family. Man, this sort of reminds me now that we're talking about it of of when you're a kid and you see your teacher like at the grocery store and you're like, wait, <laughs> you you leave school? <laughs> you you wear jeans or shorts? <laughs> no. Um, one thing that we're hearing from people is that they're they are really concerned about um parents who are like, I I how am I supposed to do this at home with my kid? I'm like, what am I gonna do? And Many teachers are parents too. Like it's about to be double duty time for we understand. educators. Yeah, yeah, we understand how doing double duty works because we're we're doing it as well. And and in 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 a normal time, whatever that means, whatever normal means, <laughs> in a normal time, OEA would be the first ones to say, "Listen, these kids won't be taken care of if right. they're not at school." Right. Right. We were terrified they weren't going to get food when we shut schools down. We did everything we could to make sure they were taken care of. Yes. But this is not a normal time. This right. is life or death for those kids in some cases. Mm. We don't want to fear monger. I don't want to I don't right, want right. to overstate and act like everyone's going to die. I mean, that's kind of the rhetoric out there, right? Right. But there are a lot and a lot of people that come into our schools that either themselves or someone at their home is is truly terrified. Yeah. Life or death to come into school. And so, you know, I think our our priorities, which fire can we put out, has to be saving lives first. Yeah. And and then caretaking children, I, I'm not going to take importance away from it. Right. But but it has to come after saving lives. Man, you know, when you talk, when you had just mentioned about, uh, about that for children also, we've got children that are at high risk, you know? Um, and when we talk about the survival rate, of 99.7%. To me, that's an interesting argument because um, we're saying that's fine for a th- three-tenths of people to die. I mean, that's 150 teachers. In Oklahoma, that's yeah. 150 teachers. 154 or something. I mean, it's like that. To, and also, like, it's not just death. I mean, there are... It's um, the long-term effects. I mean, and... Or, you know, nobody nobody wants to be hospitalized or to be saddled with massive medical debt. I mean, it's not... Like, death, to me, isn't the only thing that the only measurement of things going wrong. Right. For sure. And, and, you know, I saw some of the Facebook, uh, you know, the Facebook live, the, the comments scrolling through, there were mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of comments, which, you know, we love engagement. That's right. exciting. It's, it's heartbreaking that people are, why people are engaged right now, but it's, yeah. but it's exciting. And some of them were, were saying, you know, studies are showing this is safe now. Studies are showing this is okay for kids. We're talking about a four-month study, a five-month study. There's, yeah. no, there's no study that I could trust right now. I'm a science teacher. 
I love data. I'm a little nerdy in that way, but there is not a single study right now that makes me feel like my family is is safe because of a something we found in four months. One, um, I've taken longer than four months to like make decisions um, yeah. <laughs> about small things. Um, talk about what you're hearing from folks, each of you, about um, about concern for kids because we had mentioned earlier, like it's it's scary not to to put your eyes on them, and I know that that was very anxiety inducing for folks, for our support staff, and for our teachers in the spring, and. You know, some districts are now pushing back their start dates or saying they're going to go all virtual. And we're hearing from teachers that, good, we want to be safe, but they're also scared. You know, they want to see their kids like face to face and make sure they're okay and make sure they're fed. And um, are you guys hearing those kind of concerns in the field? Yeah, I haven't heard one teacher say, I I don't want to go back because I don't want to be with kids. It's all I'm doing everything I can this summer to learn about virtual and to learn Mm. about social emotional growth of my students while we're doing virtual, if that's what we have to do, all the platforms. Educators have put in tons of hours this summer figuring out how to do the best that they can for their students with whatever situation they're presented Mm -hmm. uh, when we come back. They just want to do it safely. Right. They want their kids to be safe. You know, our, our teachers who teach students with special needs that have, you know, co- compromised immune systems, mm-hmm. they are super worried about their kiddos. Yeah. Um, the parents whose child was born a type 1 diabetic, mm-hmm. right, and is going to be in school with, with kids that may be asymptomatic. I mean, we're worried about everyone's children yeah i think i think if 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 this week seeing the news report that said two edmund north students tested positive after uh d- taking the act mm-hmm. we know the act we've spoken with several teachers who uh, who facilitated the act and we know the act put protocols in place limited mm-hmm. number of kids in a classroom yeah separated those kids distance wise and we know how regimented those are so with the utmost precautions, uh, you know, 10 kids at a classroom we know in regular times isn't possible, but in this case it was. Mm-hmm. And still two tested positive and, and many, many were exposed. Why on earth would we not think that that's just going to be uh, times, I don't know, pick a number. Yeah. Thousands. So so that's that's really scary. And that's that's the first time people have been in a school building together. Yeah. And it happened. Um, we know anecdotally many, many coaches and athletes have tested positive and schools right. are choosing not to report those things. I've heard of three districts here in the Metro specifically. So we know it's happening. It's there's so much, so much changing, so much to, um, learn and plan for. And there's just so much going on right now. It's a, it's kind of overwhelming sometimes. And we, as an association have a responsibility to help our members through that. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you'll join us, uh, tomorrow on Saturday, July 25th mm-hmm. at 10 AM register by seven o'clock tonight. It's all over the social medias and on our webpage. And I did correct the graphic that said June lie. I'm lie. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Ivy. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. 
right. Well, now this morning, we are excited to visit with Jared Scott, who's an electrician for Putnam City. Uh, Jared, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Um, we are, um, we wanted to visit with you about a lot, a lot has happened in Putnam city in the past couple of months, especially with our education support professionals. Yes. Um, so can you kind of give us, I mean, it's been on the news, but for folks who maybe aren't, aren't as aware, um, what, what were you guys looking at when it came, uh, to support professionals in Putnam city? You guys were facing some outsourcing, correct? Yes. Um, so that's, so we, for years, they've tried to, to outsource our contracts, uh, specifically on the custodial side. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this time was very, um, cloak and dagger kind of thing. Like we didn't know anything about it. There's always mm-hmm. rumors as, as the new contracts come up, Sure. but this, this time, um, we actually got word that they were presenting a letter of intent from Sodexo to Putnam city. And we, and they were going to present it to on the board meeting on, June, June 22nd. Mm-hmm. No, that was voted on June oh, 8th, okay. I think. Okay. Um, and so in the process under that, under that contract would cover, um, not just custodial, but it would outsource custodial grounds, maintenance, um, all of us. Um, yeah. of course that's not all of our support staff. We also have, sure. um, uh, the bus drivers and all that. But right. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we were looking at that. They were, they were Sodexo's contract, um, Basically, they were telling us, you know, they had us, at, they, they brought us in in the meeting and brought in Sodexo and kind of laid out what was going on, mm-hmm. how it would affect us. They kept telling us that we would all be hired in um, at our current our current pay and our current hours and all that. But there was no underlying guarantee on how long that would last. Sure. One of the biggest things for us was <clears throat> I've been there 23 years. And so a lot of us have accrued a lot of sick time, a lot of vacation time, mm-hmm. and they were basically Putnam City was going to cash out our our sick leave and our vacation time, um, and we would start out with nothing. Um, we we would have to work oh, for my- six, six months, and then we would accrue six days um, of sick leave, I'm, which wow. is in the middle of a pandemic. I was so, just going to say, not to interrupt yeah. you, but during in the middle of a pandemic, like right. I did not know this right. part. Holy yeah. macaroni. <laughs> oh my yeah. word. That, that was our that was what? some of our biggest stuff, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I and, didn't know that part. That is crazy. And well, being outsourced, what does that do to your health insurance? I mean, oh, yeah. because you so, have Right. It's the middle right. of the year. Right now I'm we've, sorry. we've got we've got this the state health insurance. Uh-huh. Um it would have been Blue Cross Blue Shield, but Putnam City already pays her state pays. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works, yeah. but I know it's paid for us for the employee. Right. And so right. we would have had to pay for our insurance, um, which would have been Blue Cross Blue Shield through, through uh, Sodexo. Um, so so we, were, we were losing that. So say, I mean, what, and so when you think about that, you, yeah, you can keep your same pay skill. You don't know for how long, but it's a pay cut. Because now yeah, you're paying, now you're paying for, your well, and there's there's, a, there's other aspects to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it was three years ago, um, Putnam City said that if for support staff, if we started paying into teachers' retirement after the three years, they would start picking that up. Oh. That three years would have been up July first. So they did all what? this uh, and what? voted on it on June twenty second oh before it would have came out, and that that's actually seven percent of our, our our wages. So we would have oh. lost that. Also, I, 
Okay, there's Every righteous indignation I've, in Carrie's I've, face I've, right now. <laughs> for for full disclosure, Alicia and I are um, socially distanced in a room, but Jared's on the phone with us. And Jared, I'm making a lot of faces. I did not know these details. That is crazy. Like, what? Yeah. So in, in, in the last ditch effort to basically save our jobs, um, one that my boss, Paul uh, Jeffries, he... Um, had was already a member of OEA, mm-hmm. and so he was got in touch with them, kind of told them what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a kind of impromptu behind the scenes meeting for ourselves, mm-hmm. in which case our boss says he was driving by and saw the trucks, and of course we found out later he was told, and so he came yeah. in trying to kind of justify that. And I, I got to give him credit because. He walked into a room with 40 guys that were pretty upset about this. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> That's pretty brave. So, so that, so that kind of what was going on. And so we got, he got in contact with OEA. And so there's, there was three um, individuals that came, talked to us, kind of mm-hmm. grouped us, trying a last ditch effort kind of save our, our jobs. And mm-hmm. so we kind of organized some of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we, we, we had a meeting. Got a bunch of people signed up, um, trying to talk about walks and where to, what to do, how to get attention. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a out front kind of person. I'm very, very much stay to the sidelines, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I've had to kind of <clears throat> step outside my comfort zone on some of this because, you know, I, I've never been one to be in front of any of it. But you know, it's our jobs. Yeah. I, I have a, uh, I have two children. Um, one 16, just turned 16. Kid. Mm-hmm. Two days ago. Oh, yeah. And then my son is also special needs. Um, he's uh, autistic and he has Lennox Gasco syndrome. And I'm the sole income yeah. in the house. Yeah. A couple yeah. of years back, we decided that it's better for his care for my wife to stay home. Sure. And so that would have been taken away. That The reason I've stayed at Putnam City for as long as I have is because that paycheck is the same every single month. Right. So yep. I can base everything off of that. Yeah. So... I mean, when you, so what was that like for you? I mean, you are like to, to kind of get everybody organized. I mean, because that is, that's such a fast turnaround to, to everybody. It was, it was more, well, one of the biggest things about uniting is that having a common goal, you know, that, yep. that we're in this together. We're, yep. we're stronger as at together as one. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of knew that. I mean, everybody, right. it really wasn't hard in initially to get people to sign up because we all almost lost our jobs. Right. You know, we all started emailing the um, board members, mm-hmm. calling. Yeah, you know, I, I started an online petition mm-hmm. um, just to, to get support for so that to get the word out. And yeah. um, so we initially the and we're about a little over a month into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so a month, month and a half. Um, from what numbers I've heard. We had about 27 members, including TA staff, to start with. Mm-hmm. And now on maintenance and grounds and all alone, we've got over 100. Oh, my word. Then, That's amazing. So we've got, so we've actually, and with the TA side of it, I think we're, well, I'm sorry, the other support, um, we're probably about 160, 150, 160. Oh, my gosh. So our next is obviously, we're trying to get the bylaw stuff set up. Yeah. We're trying to, and it's, it's all new to us because we have, sure. you know, for years, we hadn't, we didn't have a union. We had a we, it's meet and confer, but we always call it meet and defer uh, <laughs> because they would kind of come in, listen to us and tell us kind of what we were getting. You know, sure, there wasn't right, any sure. real negotiating sure. um, parts of it. And so we, um, 
you, you know, got, got together. We started trying to recruit people, um, uh, you, you know, getting getting the word out so we can just get more members, so we can get more support, mm-hmm. getting the bylaw stuff set up, mm-hmm. which is all new to us, too. And then right. yeah. um, the next thing will be the petition, which we're hoping, and depending on how the timeline lays out, um, yeah. maybe in a couple of weeks, we want the TAs and the secretaries to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, we want so that we can get them involved as well. Yeah. Um, and the bus drivers and all that. So hopefully we've got 875, my understanding, support staff. Mm-hmm. Um, we need 30% to be able to do the petition. Um, so we're hoping for about 300 signatures so that we can move forward on, on it. Man, that's exciting. You know, I like listening to all of those details. It's just when people think about outsourcing, a lot of times people just say, oh, well, it's just your same pay. And it's like, well, no, it's not just your same pay. And like knowing and knowing, you know, that you have this security and you have these benefits and, you know, you as a like a family can plan on that and count on that. And it's not just like, you know, we think about especially with support. It's not just bus drivers. It's not just electricians. It's not just RTAs. It's like everybody together saying like we all need to protect one another. You know, we've all got to like stand together, even though we're doing very different jobs. Yeah. Well, I started a Facebook group um, and trying to get, I mean, as much word as I can get out, mm-hmm. as much information as I can get out. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to um, do that. And, you know, that's what it is. It's not like, it's not, the union doesn't have power. The, the power is the people of exactly. the union that have the power. That is exactly right. Yeah. So. Put it, I want that on a mug. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> What, what, um, so when you think about, you know, your colleagues across the state, like outsourcing is something that comes up like pretty often. Um, what, when you think back on the past several weeks and like all the things you guys have accomplished in two months, um, what advice do you have for other people who, who might be sort of staring down this same situation in their district and go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll I'll ask more questions in a second. (laughs) Um, I, I think it's real important to, to find, to be able to communicate what's going on, you mm-hmm. know, being able to, because there's a lot, oftentimes between the departments, there's animosity within itself. Sure. So it's really overcoming that and saying, look, you know, that's typically um, when I'm talking to somebody that I haven't talked to about the union or haven't, <clears throat> they haven't been approached about it. Mm-hmm. I usually start with a conversation like, man, we almost lost our jobs. And mm-hmm. if they're like, I know, then that's the perfect move into the next stage of it. Yep. This is how we, this is how we prevent it from happening again. You know, we've right. got, if we have all these members in there, it's less likely for it to happen. And what the, and the, the problem too, is that <clears throat> there was, there's, there's in Putnam city, there's a severe breakdown between the upper echelon and the, and the individuals that are actually doing the work. Mm. So, a lot of that communication breakdown is, I think, why some of it was trying to be pushed to contract anyway. Yeah. Um, we weren't getting information properly. They didn't really know what was going on. And so a lot of it comes down to communicating and, mm-hmm. and making sure that we um, we want the district to be the best it can be, not just for you know, not just for us, but for the kids. I mean, we, yes. we're yes. years, we're decades invested into these places. Yes. We know buildings like... We know the back of our hands. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we want, so making Putnam City better by organizing this, by working together with other departments so that, okay, well, the issue, we have to fix some stuff in house. That's why they wanted to get rid of us. So mm-hmm. we, there's things that we personally also need to work on, but 
a lot of it came down to also we feel like um, it was it was easier for them to with COVID going on and the uncertainties of all of it to say to put it on somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. if Sodexo mm-hmm. comes in, they're responsible for sure. it, not the city. Right. So, and that's not this on, on our side of it. They would have got a maintenance contract if mm-hmm. they come in and the outlet's bad, they're going to change the outlet. But when tech comes in and moves the smart board to the other side of the wall, and now the teacher needs the projector move, that's a new install that doesn't yeah. cover under maintenance. And so the the district, the patrons, the board really didn't understand what they're actually getting because right. Sodexo, they already paid out, um, Putnam City paid out $10.3 million for the services, I guess, mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And they were, Sodexo was willing to take that on at the 10.3 million. So there's no, they, they're going to have to make money somehow. Exactly. So that comes down to cutting jobs, exactly. cutting wages. You know, so, they had a, um, <clears throat> they had a sheet on there and said they had 600, being an electrician, that's, you know, what I was looking for, mm-hmm. um, 690 licensed employees or licensed electricians, 690. That's it. So we got 10 times that amount of electricians in Oklahoma City area alone. Right. And that's for all uh, so that you got some person that's not really qualified doing a lot of this work. Man. So, you know, and when I think when I think about the support staff is so, so unique from our certified staff, like classroom teachers about because you guys could be I mean, you could be an electrician in the private sector very easily. You know, I have, an, I have an unlimited electrical contractor's license. Yeah. I, I mean, go to work making twice the money somewhere exactly. else. And that's what makes me so crazy about this kind of thing is that like you guys are choosing this. I'm You're very, invested in our kids, in right. our schools. I mean, at, teachers can't do it without our support professionals. 100%. Right. And you guys are choosing public education. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to and like if... Uh, and, Anyway, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. So one one question I had, another question I had was, you know, when you think about um, wh- when you have those conversations with people across departments, w- how do you explain to people, you know what? Yeah, like right now we're talking about custodial staff, but it could be it could be our um, it could be our bus drivers. Yeah. It could be yeah. our um, our nutrition staff. Like, how do you kind of say like this? This isn't your department, I- but this matters to you. I, I, I tried to, and we, I've had a conversation recently just about why that, and, you know, it's like, this is, this is the whole, you know, when mm-hmm. we, when we get negotiations, if all this goes through and OEA is able to negotiate for us, we have to look at it like this year, maintenance may not get anything, but sure. can we bring up some of the custodial stuff Yeah. as a whole, as a group, we're bettering ourselves and every step along that way mm-hmm. is it, we're, we're bettering ourselves every year, whether it right. be one group or the other so that so that in, in all in all reality we're trying to create equality amongst all of us right. all of us need to be at those levels where i mean obviously you know custodial is not going to make the same wages as skilled hands but they need to be those wages need to be up so the people sure. that were coming in are good people right. are dependable people right. are willing to work people that get paid well um and are appreciated do that kind of job they do yep, a good job right. they make sure they work harder for you if they believe that you believe in them that you um appreciate what they do a hundred percent well for a uh, newcomer to the association work that we do 
you have articulated so well <laughs> I know. Um, all the who things we are mm-hmm. as as an organization and i um you know i got to come out to one of the outside activities that um that you put on and and um where you where you were elected as the president of of the local association and um you you guys have done marvelous work organizing saving jobs mm-hmm. and um and and making sure that people are taken care of and protecting protecting them during a pandemic i right. mean what more we, critical we, time could there be we we appreciate that you know we're i i actually showed up the light to that one because i didn't even think i was going to make it that's how it happens i'm not even sure how that happens you know, like, no, you <laughs> the, be it. You be it. Like, i don't want to be it I, no no well somebody this else is would. this is what happens jared when you show up <laughs> yeah. late yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate your time. We know that you're that you are very busy. This is a busy time of year for our sports staff, especially our building staff. So, um, you guys are just killing it. I mean, just doing awesome, awesome things out um, for your colleagues. It's it's amazing. Well, we're we're trying to keep the momentum going. I mean, that mm-hmm. almost getting cut down like that and kind of resurrecting from yeah. the ashes like a phoenix. You know, yeah. it really it it it, it puts a lot and. We're trying to roll with that momentum, trying mm-hmm. to get every and everyone I talk to, trying to make them understand not just not just how joining the membership helps us as a group, but helps them individually, the protection yeah. and benefits that they get from it. Because yeah. a lot of people really don't understand what else is involved in it other than, all right, so here's another twenty five dollars out of my check a month to <laughs> right. do this thing, whatever right, right. this is. <laughs> so I've tried very hard to um explain to people exactly what it is, how it helps them, how it helps us as a whole, and how as, you know, how we can progress as a group together and and benefit all from it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Jared. We really appreciate your time and um, keep up the amazing work you guys are doing. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. And welcome to Alicia's Morning Announcements. Do, 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 do. All right, so <laughs> so uh, earlier in uh, the talk with Ivy, you heard me mention, a, and I'm going to mention it again, July 25th, that's tomorrow or Saturday, uh, how, whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> Saturday, July 25th from 7 to, why does 7 to 10 a.m. come out of That's not mouth? happening. I'm that, not available. Nobody's up at 7 o'clock in ten, the morning ten to and noon. wanting to talk. 10 to noon. <laughs> So from 10 to noon Uh on July 25th, we are having a Come Back Safely uh, town hall for our members. Mm -hmm. Sign up for that. You can find it on our Facebook page. You can find it on our website. But Mm -hmm. you have to sign up by 7 o'clock tonight uh, because it is just for members. And we have to do all of the things, the member check. And and if we have more than what our our web... uh, zoom account will allow we'll have to figure out another way to get everybody we're, in yeah, the room we have hundreds of registrations already so yeah i mean so we gotta si- so on. sign up yeah sign up yeah, sign up now um another fantastic thing that is happening next week is um we are having town halls on the monday 27th at 10 a.m for oklahoma city and tulsa on the 28th Tuesday at 10 a.m. for the Northeast and Southeast regions. For the Northwest and Southwest, Tuesday, July 28th at 2, 
and then a statewide option. So if you didn't get to go to your regional uh, town hall, we'll have a statewide option. And these are listening tours that uh, Abby Broyles' campaign had reached out and said, I want to hear more from educators. Mm -hmm. What's going on? How are you doing with... Um, with coming back to school. Technology, access, trauma. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. It, it, so she just wants to listen to us. And and we also have invited Senator Inhofe. Yes. Um, if, he, if he is interested in a similar, but we've got those all scheduled out with um, Abby Broyles. Yes. They're going to be really interesting. And, and so we hope that, again, members will join, sign up and join. Um, it's going to be a great conversation. I, I think, think so, too. Um, so... Looking forward to that. And um, and lastly, back-to-school events. Back-to-school mm-hmm. events are going to be just as different this year as as many of our school districts that we have. Yeah. So um, no matter what type of back-to-school event your local is having, please reach out and let OEA know when and how we can help you and yep. be a part of that. I mean, we have a Joe Duvall has made an amazing video for one yeah, for those really cool. that are just doing virtual back to school events. Yeah. But, um, but just like we want you to return to school safely, our staff is going to be safe as they mm-hmm. come out. So, um, so we have, uh, we, we put out those recommendations and those are the recommendations that we're going to follow for our staff mm-hmm. to come out and do back to school events. So, we need our locals to be masked up for our our employees to come out. We need to make sure that there is the appropriate uh, PPE protocol. And, and, if, and if not, we've got the virtual. We've and, got the the video. And if not, we've got the virtual and video and and um and and other ways that we can come out and meet with you as um, needed. Back to school this year is so different for everybody. How is back to school looking like in your house? How is how is Kenneth feeling about back to school? Well. We have had major conversations yeah. about it. I mean, she's 16. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, she comes f- with my genetics and sassy mouth. <laughs> so, what? I know that surprises your, no one. Your poor husband. She has an opinion <laughs> and feels the need to express it. Yeah. Um, and she is articulate, but she has all AP classes. Yeah. And so y- you just can't do AP classes with the online credit recovery type of things that um, a lot of districts are putting in. Mm -hmm. So um, she knows that, and and we have, every time we go to the store, we buy another thing of hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. And so she has probably what will amount to a lifetime supply of hand sanitizer. (laughs) And um, she is into making her own uh, masks. Oh, that's awesome. She knows that uh, once she steps outside of our house, she has to mask up. Yeah. And um, she is uber cautious about that. Yeah. And so um, so that is that is the conversation that we've had. How about you? It, um, well, we both of my kiddos go to Oklahoma City Public Schools and um, which we voted to go all virtual for the right. first nine weeks. And so we just had that conversation with our girls about um, that back to school is going to look different. And it was, you know, their personalities are so different. And our 10 year old who's going to be in fifth grade. Um, she was pretty bummed, you know, she is really missing her friends and, um, but she gets it. So she's like, okay, you know, and our five-year-old who's going to be in kindergarten is like, yes, like we get to hang out all day, just us. (laughs) 
Yes. So, like... Longer than we've already been doing. I know. She is... This kid loves a quarantine. (laughs) Like, so... Introvert's delight. She is like, we are all hanging out and, like... She's going to be sad when she discovers that she's going to have to actually do school also. <laughs> and this is not just hanging out, you know, yeah. with, with mom and dad. So, so yeah, but we, it's, it's weird because I keep like thinking that I need to buy school supplies or buy uniforms, but there are no uniforms for virtual school. No. And by the time the nine weeks is up, they'll be grown. Totally out. different size. <laughs> yeah. Last yeah. year we bought a, <laughs> We bought uniforms at the end of July, and we were grown out of them the first day of school. Oh, nice. So just recommending anybody to have your kids put on those pants the weekend before school starts. Yeah. So, well, we want to say thank you so much to Ivy Riggs of our legislative team for joining us today. And uh, Jared Scott, an electrician and president of the Putnam City Education Support Professionals local out there. Um, And thank you for joining us today on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.